This podcast channel is about you, successful international entrepreneurs, successful expats, successful investors, sponsored by HCJ Contacts. All right, and we're recording and we're live. Welcome to HCJ Contacts. A, a firm where we try to create these videos that demystify the sometimes confusing world of cross-border tax and compliance. And to do that today, we have a very special guest all the way from sunny Puerto Rico, and that's Giancarlo. Giancarlo, welcome. Please introduce yourself. Thank you for the invitation. I'm happy to be here. Uh, I know both of you... Uh, we are some kind of tax nerds, so probably I can elaborate from from my side in Puerto Rico. So, uh, and I would like to know more about your practice and how what we do from tax perspective and benefits in Puerto Rico compared with what you do in Dubai and Singapore. So, let's talk about this on some minutes. Well, wonderful, and to those who may be watching us on whatever platform you're on. We invited you guys to submit questions in advance. Some of you did, and for that, we're grateful. We're going to go through them in the order in which we received it. If you guys have any questions, feel free to type in the box below, and time permitting, we will get to them in the order in which we received them. But do bear in mind that while we, while we may be task consultants, we are not your task consultants. So we're having a general conversation, general principles. Nothing we're saying here should be construed as advice. If you want actionable intelligence tailor me to your unique situation, you need to retain a, a firm or a team that, that you can instruct and that would guide you accordingly. So general conversation, general principles, this is not advice. And with that in mind, let's jump into the first question. Okay, like, I mean, this is very generic, very general. So what is the main attractiveness from, obviously Puerto Rico is a beautiful territory, a beautiful island, right? But from a, from a, as a jurisdiction, what is the main benefit of moving to Puerto Rico well, from the U.S.? Yeah, well, uh, let me give you some political status, uh, what, what okay. it means in Puerto Rico. Uh, uh, Puerto Rico is a territory of the United States. Mm -hmm. But being a territory, we have some particular exemptions. Uh, but okay. Puerto Ricans are born and raised uh, are U.S. citizens by mm -hmm. birth. So that means that, you know, you pay taxes to the U.S. based on citizenship. Uh, but there is a particular situation uh, in the case of Puerto Rico bona fide residents, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And Puerto Rico bona fide residents is particularly defined or provided by Section 937 of the U.S. Tax Code, uh, and that basically allows Puerto Rico bona fide residents to not pay U.S. taxes on Puerto Rico source income, but it's Puerto Rico source income only uh, based on Section 933. So those are the main two sections that allows Puerto Rico residents to not pay U.S. taxes. But that doesn't mean that if you generate income from other sources, interest, dividends, if you have a rental home in the U.S., that means U.S. source income. So even that you live in Puerto Rico, you may be subject to U.S. or state income taxes, okay? So basically, uh, one of the principal benefits of moving in or living in Puerto Rico for, for income taxes is principally those tax benefits that the Puerto Rico government has been offering for decades now. Uh, there is an evolution from manufacturing activities, uh, from pharma, uh, airplanes, uh, systems, and mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. services. And since 2012, basically, uh, Puerto Rico enacted Act 20 and 22, that is now Act 60. But basically, uh, those laws basically promotes the relocation of individuals and businesses to Puerto Rico under the premises that they will not pay U.S. taxes. But principally, the, the benefit is that if you live in Puerto Rico, if you comply with the bona fide resident test, that is a home test, present test, and closer connection, 
uh, you will be able to exclude from U.S. gross income the Puerto Rico uh, gross income. But basically, that's it. And under the tax benefits, it's principally associated uh, in the case of the Individual Investors Act or Act 60 now, it, it's uh, basically passive income. Uh, so it doesn't mean that you move to Puerto Rico and you will not pay more U.S. taxes. So uh, it's only a matter of interest, dividends, and certain capital gains from Puerto Rico sources. Uh, but you may be exempt at Puerto Rico level from dividends and interest uh, in, income taxes, uh, but if the interest and dividends are paid by a U.S. entity or foreign entity, they are still foreign sources, right? Income to the U.S. So it's a matter of making sure that the analysis is completed accordingly with the law, taking into consideration that this is only an exemption at Puerto Rico level. So uh, Puerto Rico may say this is exempt here, but the U.S. may still charge some taxes on it. So it's it's kind of interesting, but principally, uh, and in Puerto Rico, commonly, Puerto Rico residents doesn't pay U.S. taxes if they are principally W-2 persons, professional services, etc. So uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, but again, it's a territory. We are U.S. citizens. We commonly don't pay U.S. taxes to the extent that the income that we generate or the people generating Puerto Rico are the mm percent -hmm. right. So Puerto Rico source income based on the U.S. tax law. So it's like a a permission provided by the U.S. tax code to to generate some kind of income without paying U.S. tax. Okay, understood. So this is, as you mentioned, it's at the the equivalent of the federal level. You get tax relief from federal tax. If you have state source income from one of the other states or territories, it'll be subject to tax as it normally would be. And you also mentioned it's particularly attractive to those who enjoy passive income, interest, yep. dividends, capital gains. But if you have earned income, so for example, let's say you're a consultant and you sit in Puerto Rico, that income, that, that earned income would also be tax-free? Yeah, well, basically uh, the earned income and the service income part is not free nor tax-free. Mm -hmm. There are tax benefits for that. And basically, that's another disposition that was previously under Act 20, now under Act 60. Uh, and this is the Export Service Act or the Export Tax Benefits that basically allows a company uh, or an individual to relocate to Puerto Rico or open a new company in Puerto Rico uh, and export services from Puerto Rico to any part of the world. So mm -hmm. if they provide the services while working in Puerto Rico, that you can say, hey, if you provided the services in Puerto Rico, that's Puerto Rico source income uh, as described by the Puerto Rico tax code and the U.S. tax code, uh, that will be subject to a, a preferential tax rate of 4% tax. That is a flat tax of 4% tax. And if it is a company uh, and the income that is generated is subject to the 4% tax, dividends paid by that income from that corporation are fully exempt. So uh, that basically means that Certainly, if, if there is an owner employee, you need to analyze if they need to have a reasonable compensation that he needs to pay their social security, Medicare taxes, some kind of income taxes on his board. But certainly uh, dividends paid from return earnings accumulated from the export service activity are exempt at the individual's level. So one of the best strategies certainly to, if the owner is a Puerto Rico bona fide resident and the corporation that provide the services is a Puerto Rico entity, uh, dividends paid by that corporation are treated like Puerto Rico source income under the mm -hmm. eyes of the IRS. So mm -hmm. you will pay, or the company will pay 4% tax, dividends received by the owner will be fully exempt at Puerto Rico and federal level, uh, mm -hmm. and the owner may pay some kind of uh, income taxes on his W-2 income and any other income that he may generate. But in Puerto Rico, commonly you will find uh, the combination of individuals investors as owners of the export service activity as well. So mm -hmm. they may have dividends and interest from other sources that will be exempt in Puerto Rico, probably interest and dividends paid by US corporations or in 
investors' accounts in the U.S. or any other part of the world will be subject to federal taxes. But in the case of capital gains, uh, they may be exempt in Puerto Rico. Uh, and in the case of capital gains, it's very important to, to take into consideration what the IRS says is that the capital gains uh, has principally two rules applicable to Puerto Rico uh, residents. Mm -hmm. If they are private equity, uh, it depends on the holding period, right? If, if you move to Puerto Rico and you hold that investment for 10 years before moving in, that doesn't mean that the gain that you realize after you just moved will be Puerto Rico source income, right? The IRS always say, hey, take a look back and let's calculate based on your holding period. So that's mm -hmm. uh, one of the principal errors that occurs. And the other side is the, the marketable security that is based on per market value as of the of movement to Puerto Rico. So those individual investors decide, hey, if my investments were down at the time that I move, I may have a loss or mm -hmm. minimum gain in the US and any appreciation after moving to Puerto Rico is the one that will be treated as Puerto Rico sourcing. So uh, mm -hmm. it's a matter of analyzing correctly uh, each taxpayer uh, and what they have on their pockets to see how it benefits each one of them. Yeah. Okay, so if, so if I get it, so you have a, a, a company that's properly domiciled in Puerto Rico and the nature of its business is export. So it doesn't have domestic source income. Then the corporate tax will be 4%, right? The corporate tax is 4% tax to the extent that it is export service. Uh, it's export service. It, yeah. And if it's if it engaged in some sort of Puerto Rico domestic activity, then what will be the corporate tax on that? Uh, well, it's fluctuates from 18.5 up to 37.5. So oh, it's okay. dramatically, they, they change. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, understood, understood. So I think that's pretty clear. So it's very attractive to those on so-called passive income, particularly capital gains. Uh, if it is a, it's a company, you just need to make sure that a company is internationally focused, not domestic to Puerto Rico, and you get that 4%, but the dividends that are derived from it would also be tax-free, at least at the federal level, okay? Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. So I, I noticed that you said it was uh, Act 2022, which has now become Act 60. Yeah. So what what have been the big changes from a legislative perspective recently? Okay, well, Act 20 and 22 uh, were enacted in 2012. In 2019, the Puerto Rico government basically decided to consolidate all the tax incentive in, in one law. It's an Act 60 now. So that includes mm -hmm. manufacturing, pharma, uh, tourism, uh, industrial, creative industries, etc., and includes as well individual investors and export services. Act 20, principally, uh, that was the Export Service Act, uh, requires basically only to the exportation of services uh, and didn't have any particular requirement. Uh, at the beginning, they required five employees, then they reduced the employee requirement. Uh, by the end, they didn't request any activity or or basically em employees. Uh, I always say to to my clients, hey, you need to have some kind of employees on there, a company that exports services, right? It is expected that someone is providing services. Uh, so now under Act 60, that significantly part actually provides uh, 2% uh, at the beginning for the first years. Uh, for small businesses, that means a company that sells less than three millions. Uh, so it's not four percent; it's it's two percent at the beginning, four percent mm -hmm. if you sell more. Uh, but at the time that you have more than three millions in gross sales, you need to have at least one employee. Uh, mm -hmm. That's one of the principal changes. In the mm -hmm. case of Act Twenty Two, that is now Act Sixty as well, uh, individuals that relocated to Puerto Rico. Uh, uh, certainly, they have some trying based on who is managing the government and, and, and politics. Uh, yeah. But now uh, there is a requirement to make a five uh, a five thousand annual fee with a tax return associated yeah. with the annual compliance with the decree, and they make yeah. they need to make a, a ten thousand dollars annual charitable contribution to a Puerto Rico non for profit uh, yeah. plus acquire uh, a residence. If their principal mm. residence in Puerto Rico uh, mm. within two years after movement. So before those changes on the Act 60, people 
and right right people that apply before those changes have grandfathered rules uh so mm -hmm. they may rent only and they are in compliance uh they don't need to and the charitable contributions was there at the beginning there were no charitable contributions they implemented 5k uh mm -hmm. by the end of act 22 and now it's 10k every year so it depends right uh when we do some kind of compliance for any act 22 or this type of individuals we need to take a look into the tax grant right the the, the tax run is a, is a contract uh between the taxpayer the government uh uh and so they they provide some protections to the individuals investors and the companies as well and those are the rules right and the rules that applies are those that were valid at the time of the application so that basically is the process to, to do that. Okay. So really the rules were around what we would term economic substance. So you need, if you have a company, there must be local employees. It can't just be a shell company. You as an individual, you need to have your primary residence in Puerto Rico. But you, you mentioned that you had to buy a property. Can you rent? So you're not allowed to rent a primary residence. You have to purchase one. That's a requirement within the within the first two years. As an individual that you would relocate, and this rule is applicable only to the individual's investors, right? Uh, that they need to buy their house. Uh, but basically, uh, and this is not automatic, right? If you move and you have the benefits, you need to go through a process with the government, submit some kind of tax incentive applications, the government evaluates, and then issue the tax degree. The, the important part here is that tax degrees may take uh, some time, a few months, or let's say a year from the government to issue the, mm -hmm. the tax degree, uh, mm -hmm. but they are retroactive to the date mm -hmm. that you apply for it. So basically, if you move and you commence operation, and uh, let's say that you apply in February and you take your grant by December, uh, it will be retroactive to February. That is the date that you commence operation. So those are some kind of benefits. Uh, right now, actually after the implementation of Act 60, uh, there were a boom of applications before because the, the Act 60 entered into effect January 1st, 2020. So mm -hmm. there were a lot of applications by the end of 2019 trying to be grandfathered under the previous law. So mm -hmm. that that basically uh, makes some uh, efforts from the government. It's taking more time to get an approval, but they are now mm -hmm. taking reasonable efforts to make it happen as soon as possible. Okay, understood. So it's for the investors. So in terms of the property purchase, it'll be for those that come in as investors. If, if someone just relocates as an employee, like a chief whatever officer or CEO or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah most of the companies is the same owner, uh, the same employee. Uh, they can, Probably they move to Puerto Rico, they relocate with the family. They mm -hmm. keep the, the, the visas in the U.S. and they charge some management fees from Puerto Rico. Uh, certainly, uh, it's always recommended to have, do some kind of transfer pricing uh, right, to see of course, what yeah. to change. Mm -hmm. uh, even that Puerto Rico doesn't have uh, some kind of transfer rules implemented, uh, the mm -hmm. Puerto Rico government commonly follows uh, U.S. guidelines. Uh, and certainly, if the company do business in the U.S., uh, expenses to a foreign control corporation will be under the same or under the eyes of the IRS as well. And Puerto okay. Rico follows uh, US GAAP, so arm length transactions persist. Right. So that's in terms of transfer pricing, but going back to someone who's not an investor per se, but they're just like a, a senior employee, let's say, in a company. And they, do they need to purchase a home as well, or can they rent their primary residence in Puerto Rico? Oh, well, if they don't, if, if he's not an investor and right. he wants to export services, they mm -hmm. he doesn't have a requirement to buy a house in Puerto Rico. Okay, right. Okay, gotcha. The, the requirement right. for, for purchasing a house is for those that apply for the Investors Act. Investors Act, okay, right. So basically like business owners, business. Uh, gotcha. Okay. People that generate uh, interest, dividends, capital gains, that is the extension provided by that side of the law. Okay, understood, okay. understood. Okay, so generally, so clearly it's very nuanced. You can't just say, hey, I'm gonna move to Puerto Rico, 
and I'll be living tax-free. They're very, very intricate laws to, to read and to understand and to comply with. From your experience as a professional, like what are the, say, the three or four main mistakes that people make in moving to Puerto Rico? What, what things do they not really understand and they mess up? Well, commonly, uh, it's a closer connection issue, right? But they commonly fail with the closer connection stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's say about keeping, uh, and for example, this is a married taxpayer. Uh, his wife didn't want to move to Puerto Rico. So he keep, mm -hmm. uh, she, she keep living in, in the U.S. mainland with their kids. Certainly, mm -hmm. under the guidelines provided by the IRS, closer connection means that your closer family is with you in the territory. Mm -hmm. So that certainly exposes the taxpayer uh, to be in non-compliance. And basically, uh, for bona fide residency, the, the taxpayer needs to comply with the three tests. It's not mm -hmm. one of another. So he needs to comply with presence test. Uh, he needs to comply with a closer connection and the tax home. So he needs to comply with three. He, he may be in Puerto Rico for more than 183 days. He may work for a Puerto Rico entity or from Puerto Rico, but if he doesn't comply with closer connection, that's certainly exposing for, for, for non-compliance. Another error is uh, to, to think that basically uh, capital gains for Puerto Rico is a full exempt uh, territory. Uh, capital gains, it depends on what's the asset, right? That generated that gain, especially as I mentioned with respect to marketable securities versus private equity. If it is real estate property uh, located in the US, that's still a US source income. Uh, yeah. So most of them think, hey, I'm moving to Puerto Rico, I will liquidate all my investments right after my movement. And when you take mm -hmm. a look into the holding period or the acquisition mm -hmm. date, yeah, there's nothing to be allocated to Puerto Rico. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, those are the main errors that I have seen. Uh, keeping your days, right? It's, a, it's an issue that is very important. There mm -hmm. are free apps. Uh, there are many ways to keep your count to count your days. Uh, it's very important to do that. And another error that we have found uh, that it's right. You can fix that crossing your fingers with the meetings with the IRS is to notify correctly the IRS, right? There is a specific form that is filed with the U.S. Uh, mm -hmm. So you need to notify the IRS that you move to a U.S. territory uh, on time, okay? It's due mm -hmm. by, the, by the same due date of the first 1040 <clears throat> right after your movement. Uh, so it's very, very important to notify the IRS accordingly. And that means that you need to update your address, right? With all the stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I use a, a Puerto Rico ban institution, at least for your ordinary expenditures, right? Pay your bills, uh, pay all the stuff so you can demonstrate that you have closing uh, with the territory. Okay. So physical presence, closer connection, tax home, right? Yeah. So I, I've heard people say, hey, the, the best thing is about uh, this opportunity is that you have to move to Puerto Rico, but then some people say the challenge with this opportunity is that you have to move to Puerto Rico because, you know, everybody's different. And for some people, it's not what they want to do, right? There've been, you know, there's obviously an interest, I guess, in certain discussion groups that I see online would somehow figure out a way of taking advantage of this incredible opportunity without actually moving to Puerto Rico. Are there any loopholes at all, or have they all been closed up in the last few years with changes in the law? Well, yeah, well, probably, uh, and this is a very, very uh, loophole or gray area uh, on compliance. Uh, it's a matter of how it is defined, Thomas, right? Uh, residency in Puerto Rico tax code means a person that lives in Puerto Rico at least 183 days, or it is domiciled mm -hmm. to Puerto Rico. But the other yeah. part, if you take a look into the section 937, one of the uh, present test options to be in compliance uh, with the IRS uh, and the U.S. tax code is to be no more than 90 days in the States, in the U.S. mainland. Uh, mm -hmm. So for if you comply with the tax form, with your closer connection to Puerto Rico, 
But in the case of present test, you are no more than 90 days in the US. Uh, you may say that you comply as well with the present test uh, in the US and claim Puerto Rico residency. But that only works for passive income, right? Uh, because if the, if the person is dedicated to export services as well, in addition to the passive income, uh, the source of the income will be attached to the location that you provided those services. Uh, mm -hmm. And those are some loopholes, right, but expose you for other issues with compliance, uh, especially when you are a business owner, let's say that you operate as well an export company in Puerto Rico, but you don't want to be in Puerto Rico. Uh, then those services will be attached to the location that they were provided. Uh, and I may, I forgot to mention another common errors that occurs is a person that opened a Puerto Rico entity, transferred all his contracts to the Puerto Rico entity to export services through the Puerto Rico entity, but he wants to live uh, nine months in Puerto Rico, three months in the U.S., uh, those three months are U.S. source income. So you may expose the Puerto Rico company to be considered a foreign corporation doing business in the U.S., subject to U.S. income taxes, to subject to branch profit tax, exactly. the, the, the salaries received by the employee living in the U.S. for those three months will not be excluded by Section 933 because those are U.S. source income services provided while living mm -hmm. or working outside of the Puerto Rico. Uh, so those are things that uh, are commonly analyzed in the process. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes uh, if you will be working outside of Puerto Rico, do that at personal level, not through the mm -hmm. Puerto Rico company. So you only offset federal taxes and self-employment tax on that side of the income to avoid bringing the company uh, mm -hmm. to pay additional U.S. taxes. Uh, so those are that, those are issues that we commonly handle uh, to make sure that there are full compliance and clients wants to sleep well. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, so I get that if you set up a company in Puerto Rico and you then go and run it from the U.S., you've created permanent establishment in the U.S. and obviously that'll, that'll be a taxable presence. However, what if you put a full management team in play in Puerto Rico, a CEO, you know, whatever, and then you move back to the U.S. while the company is still effectively managed and controlled from Puerto Rico? So does it matter that maybe that 100% owner sits in the U.S. if they're full staff operations in Puerto Rico? Yeah, well, basically, first, uh, uh, the export service part, uh, there is no requirements that the owners must be Puerto Rico residents by any okay. means. So okay. it's just a matter of actually making sure that the services are exported from Puerto Rico. Uh, mm -hmm. So if you are a U.S. owner uh, of a Puerto Rico entity that exports services, that company... Mm -hmm that has the management team and works completely for Puerto Rico, uh, will pay the 4% tax. What mm -hmm. you as a US owner may take uh, into consideration is uh, possible issues with the guilty tax uh, because Puerto Rico entities are treated as foreign corporations for the eyes of the mm -hmm. IRS. So those are the yeah. main uh, considerations uh, that may be exposed because mm -hmm. even that you pay a 4% tax, that there may be an 11.5 effective tax rates based on the guilty tax. Uh, mm -hmm. if the company is, is taxed as a corporation, right, in, in for the eyes of the IRS. And let me give you some uh, background. Uh, a Puerto Rico entity, either uh, it is a single member LLC that is organized under Puerto Rico law, is automatically mm -hmm. treated as a C-Corp for the IRS, okay? Uh, unless you actually make the elections and check the box to treat that LLC or corporations differently for the eyes of the IRS, okay? Uh, certainly mm -hmm. US owners, et cetera. So uh, commonly Puerto Rico entities are treated as uh, foreign partnership or pass-through entities for the eyes of the IRS. Uh, but we commonly use also Puerto Rico LLCs for mm -hmm. state tax planning uh, and mm -hmm. investments, because mm -hmm. uh, if the owner is a US citizen, uh, you can elect to be taxed as a disregarded. So any passive income generated by the entity is taxed at the individual level, at the federal level as well. So right. those are five important mm -hmm. parts, but that important that question that you did is very important, especially for possible issues with the guilty uh, mm -hmm. for setting up uh, entities in Puerto Rico, but still living in the U.S. as a U.S. holder. 
So that is that is a very interesting point. Well, two two very interesting points that bounced up with me. Uh, one was the the fact that just like with an LLC in a, a, a regular U.S. state, mm-hmm. one has the ability to elect for it to be treated as a corporation or as a, a pass through, right? So Puerto Rico does afford that 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 election as well. Is there an election for the equivalent of an S corp? Is that possible? Can it be that one? S corp. So in the U.S. with a, no. an LLC. No, you can, uh, yeah, well, in, in Puerto Rico, we don't have S-Corps. We okay. have a, what is Corporation of Individuals that is a kind of a S-Corporation. Uh, but basically, uh, a corporation in Puerto Rico now mm-hmm. can elect to be taxed as a disregarded entity in Puerto Rico. That mm-hmm. starts with 2022 tax year. Uh, mm-hmm. So taxpayers can make the election until the actual tax due. Uh, but basically, uh, an LLC with one member can be taxed mm-hmm. as a pass-through entity, as a disregarded entity, or mm-hmm. as a C-Corp. The automatic treatment is to be taxed as a C-Corp in Puerto Rico, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, Puerto Rico has those uh, reasonable compensations as well, etc. cetera, mm-hmm. uh, but basically those are the main uh, issues as well right now. Okay, so that's the first one, the, the idea of those elections that are available. Another interesting point that you raise is the fact that, as you as you pointed out, that the Puerto Rican entity is treated as a foreign company from a U.S. federal tax perspective. So it will be subject potentially to guilty. And mm-hmm. it would also be subject, uh, I'm, I assume, to PFIX potentially as well, uh, as well as Subpart F as well. Mm-hmm. The, Yep. Yep. Okay, so that that is that is quite interesting to to note. So for those who may be going to set up uh, that you know trigger CFC basically by setting up that that company in Puerto Rico, a control foreign corp, some measure of tax planning is probably worthwhile to understand, if not potentially mitigate some of these uh, less desired tax effects. Of, of, yep. of a structure. Okay, so, so that is interesting to know. I, I absolutely didn't know that. So the, that the fact that Puerto Rico is US territory, you uh, people born in Puerto Rico, you, you are US citizens, yet the companies created in Puerto Rico are treated as foreign. So yep. the, the natural people are US persons, but the, yep. the entities are not yep. US persons. So that's a, a bit of a paradox in law. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and think that one of that's why basically the tax system in Puerto Rico it is like it is, right? Uh, the mm-hmm. the economic system has been uh, developed under the premise of tax incentives that may be provided to foreign corporations, including U.S. entities. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's why you have uh, big pharma's in Puerto Rico from U.S. doing work here for the tax benefit and tax loopholes. Uh, mm-hmm. But basically, uh, for yeah, for, for a tax perspective, we are foreign for citizenship from birth. So individuals still need to pay U.S. taxes on unless the income is actually excluded by the mm-hmm. U.S. tax code. Uh, and for example, mm-hmm. uh, the, the exclusion for, for wages uh, mm-hmm. from Puerto Rico sources is excluded for general uh, taxpayer. But if, the, if it is a Puerto Rico born and raised uh, citizen uh, that worked for the federal government, those federal wages are still subject to U.S. income taxes. So those federal employees cannot exclude from U.S. gross income the income mm-hmm. received, even that it was provided in Puerto Rico. So uh, mm-hmm. it's not 100%. Okay, so so for a U.S., someone born in the U.S. mainland, and they move across to Puerto Rico, and they, be, they receive the equivalent of W-2 income from a Puerto Rico company, or maybe not from a U.S. company, but they're based in Puerto Rico. Under Section 911, if they were outside, like if they're in another jurisdiction, like Canada or whatever, under Section 911, they can have the foreign income exclusion, right? Mm-hmm. Based on the physical yeah. presence as a bona fide residence. Can they enjoy that being based in Puerto Rico as well? Can they enjoy the foreign income exclusion? No, no. If you apply Section 933 exclusion, you cannot apply 2555 uh, forms or something of like exclusion for foreign income. Yeah. You cannot. Okay. You cannot. You cannot. No. Okay. You can. And, okay. and for example, if, but if you are a U.S. citizen or a person working in Puerto Rico, uh, but you are not a Puerto Rico born and resident, 
uh, you first pay taxes to Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico income taxes are fully credible against uh, federal income taxes and foreign tax credit. Yep. Right. Okay. So you pay Puerto Rico taxes first. And what for individuals for that have earned income from Puerto Rico, what are the marginal income tax rates? Well, it fluctuates again from 7 to 33%. 73 to 33%, right. And so then you get a credit against your liability to yes. the U.S. Okay. But you, so you, you have to work on foreign tax credits, so the Form 1116, as opposed to the 2555 foreign and income exclusion. That's correct. Yep. That's correct. Okay. Gotcha. That, that, that is quite interesting. So <laughs> having, having realized, again, how incredibly nuanced this is, what advice or how do you advise uh U.S. persons who are thinking of making that move from the mainland to Puerto Rico, like what what is the steps you would normally take in in helping them make that transition? Well, commonly at first, actually, if you're actually willing to move right uh, and to comply with the U.S. tax uh, mm -hmm. law, because uh, this is a full exemption, but it's provided to the extent that you comply with the U.S. tax law. Uh, mm -hmm. Because Puerto Rico will give you the exemption, right? If you comply with the grant, etc., with those check marks, uh, but you need to comply with those uh, tests provided by by the U.S. tax law. The first thing is what what basically know your plans. Uh, what type of incomes do you have, uh, mm -hmm. and what are your expectations, right? It, it, this is not something that you move to Puerto Rico in 2023, liquidate mm -hmm. investments, and go back in 2024. Because mm -hmm. the the IRS expects some kind of cool down period, right? At least uh, three years, something like that, uh, to to make sure that you were fully interested and domiciled with your family, etc., with Puerto Rico. Because if not, it will see they will see that uh, as a movement to to avoid taxes and uh, some kind of evasion, etc. So, uh, mm -hmm. first thing is to know your plans. Uh, certainly, what type of income do you have? Uh, because not this is not for basically for everyone. For example, uh, if you expect to export services to Puerto Rico, but you don't have uh, investments like interest, dividends, or capital gains, uh, you don't need to apply for both tax incentives. Probably by applying for the export service side, uh, you pay the four percent tax, you you receive a W two, and the dividends will be exempt either way. Because the tax degree provided uh, granted to the to the company will provide fully exempt dividends, so you will not need uh, the other part of the law for individuals investors. So that's one of the things that we commonly explain because uh, complying with the individuals investors act it's more expensive. Charitable mm -hmm. contributions you need to actually purchase a home in Puerto Rico, filing fees, etc. Uh, the other part is for individuals investors. Right, you want to move mm -hmm. to Puerto Rico. Let's evaluate your investments. We can calculate some projections or expected tax liability in the future, depending when you liquidate uh, your investments, especially on marketable securities and uh, and in the case of private equity, right? Because if you hold those investments for many years, you need to hold that as a additional years after moving, because uh, it, it is not the same rule, right? Especially if you have uh, the person have kids. Uh, if they are willing to move to a Puerto Rico school or if they are in a school that allows them to live there, that's different because they then they may keep uh, U.S. residency because they have a place to live and th that they are not required to live with their parents, okay? But if one of the parents needs to be with their kids, that will trigger issues with closer connections, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, so those are the principal questions that we commonly raise. Uh, investments, Puerto Rico now, uh, it's very similar to the US with respect to information. With crypto assets, uh, mm -hmm. with uh, foreign accounts, Puerto Rico, this is the first year that we'll ask on their tax returns if mm -hmm. the person has some PAN accounts located in the yeah. in foreign jurisdiction like the FBAR. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's basically the same stuff. Uh, even that it apply right for every citizen, your citizen to to notify to the FBAR those uh, ownerships. Now the Puerto Rico wants that information as well. So uh, and the Puerto Rico Treasury Church uh, significant information with the IRS authorities uh, for investigations and all this stuff. So uh, those is that's very important, right? To to know your your 
movement and i i, I like to know my my clients uh, to see if this actually makes sense uh, for them for the movement right because if not the risk it may be high right uh for non-compliance uh because it, it will be fully uh monitored by, by the irs in some time Right. So, you know, I guess it's helping the client just to kind of summarize what I've, what I've picked up. So it's really helping that client understand the nuances of the law and while at the same time ensuring that they are ready to become a bona fide resident of Puerto Rico. It's not just a matter of going over and counting days and running back and forth. Exactly. Basically, your center of life must shift from the U.S. mainland to Puerto Rico. Your life has to move. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's just not movement, right? It's make sure that you comply with all the rules. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's great. Okay. This is, this is an interesting question we got from somebody on, on YouTube. Uh, they, someone asked to compare Puerto Rico to Dubai. And if I could, you know, from what I've learned and from picked up from you, if, if someone is a business owner versus it may be a different, I mean, everybody's situation is going to be completely unique purely from a tax point of view if it is your business owner you might be a set you may be leaning in one to one jurisdiction whereas if you were uh, an employee then you may lean towards another so if it is that you have earned income then if you earn income as a bona fide resident of puerto rico you're going to be paying tax at the marginal tax which goes up to 30 something percent Whereas if you sit in Dubai, the first, well, it moves with inflation under Section 911. So right now it's the first 112,000 of income will be tax-free once you form the file, the form 2555 or whatever. So it could be completely tax-free both to Dubai because Dubai has no taxes. Mm -hmm. A little bit of an asterisk there because it does. But generally speaking, no taxes to Dubai. And at least the first 112,000 can be tax-free to the U.S. Above that, you pay to the U.S. So again, generally speaking, if you are a mid, lower to mid-level income earner, then maybe Dubai will be better off for you. If it is that you are an investor, because of the, the benefit with no capital gains, then Puerto Rico is definitely the one for you because they being a, a resident in Dubai is not going to shelter you from U.S. capital gains taxes. Mm -hmm. If it is that you are a business owner trying to run a company, you're probably not going to be much better off either way because guilty is going to catch you. So, so that it's a, it really depends on your portfolio, what your income streams may be. But generally speaking, I, I think those are some of the considerations of, as a U.S. taxpayer. If you're not a U.S. taxpayer, it's completely different. Uh, okay. Uh, any, any thoughts on that? Any feedback on that? No, it's, it's kind of interesting, but certainly uh, you, you, you learn correctly what Puerto Rico rules are, uh, but yeah. it all depends, right? Principally yeah. with the line that you said, that streamlines of income. That changed yeah. basically everything uh, from the decision making uh, mm -hmm. to see if it's if Puerto Rico actually makes sense or Dubai, et cetera. Uh, because certainly uh, Puerto Rico is kind of the only places, small small amounts of places that you can keep your citizenship, right? Still a U.S. citizen and don't mm -hmm. pay U.S. taxes on capital gains, passive certain passive income. Uh, but it's important, right? It's not only the type of income that you generate, it's the source of the income that was mm -hmm. generated, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because you may be fully exempt at Puerto Rico on interest and dividends, but they still may, they may still subject to U.S. taxes because they are foreign sources. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that, that leads us to another uh, topic, I think, another question. How sustainable is all of this? Because there's a sense, you know, when you look at the narrative in the international tax base, they talk about a global minimum tax. They talk about income should never go untaxed anywhere. Uh, the, the EU puts pressure on its member states to close those, uh, not just loopholes, but tax incentives that, you know, that skew the, the movement of labor and capital. Uh, even Dubai, the, the bastion of tax-free life, taxes are being phased in. Some years ago, we had the introduction of 
their sales taxes, which is VAT. Now you have the imposition of a corporate tax for domestic uh, facing companies. And there's probably a consensus, a quiet consensus among tax professionals that say in the next 40 to 50 years, Dubai is going to have taxes like everywhere else. So Dubai is the last man standing is going to fall soon. Puerto Rico, how, I mean, what's your sense? Obviously, you don't have a crystal ball, but what's your sense? How sustainable is this? Well, I think that basically, uh, at least from the individual investor side, uh, probably uh, I don't think that they will, let's say, have a, a lot of years of future for new applicants, probably there are political pressures right now in Puerto Rico, uh, because all, all of these movements in real estates, uh, if there's a bubble right now on market prices and all the stuff. Uh, and basically, uh, if you want to make sure that this type of, of tax benefits make sense for the economy of, of, the low, of the territory, you need to actually act for another parts, right? Uh, right now, they only have to buy or purchase a home in Puerto Rico, but let's say to invest in or put their cash on Puerto Rico financial institutions so that so you can like some kind of boom the, the availability of funds in Puerto Rico financial institutions to provide uh, loans to that for, to, for the economic movement. Uh, so probably if they persist, I think that they, they will need some changes uh that they actually requires more than only living in Puerto Rico and purchasing a home. Uh but respect the four percent tax, uh it has been decades in Puerto Rico uh for 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 the tax benefits. Uh but certainly uh and the global minimum tax as well uh based on the discussion I think that that may change some kind of the rules for big companies uh but at the end from from my perspective I prefer that territories like Puerto Rico mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily have all the powers to do uh, or enter into international agreements uh, or international tax treaties because we cannot do that. Uh, mm -hmm. We are limited by the U.S. to do that. And we and Puerto Rico does not participate in any of the U.S. tax treaties. Uh, mm -hmm. So I, I think that from, mm -hmm. the, from that perspective, you need to give or allow this type of territories to promote their economics and incentive by their own because they don't necessarily have all the resources like any other big country with the all the resources that they have to promote the economic development and all the stuff so we can we need to offer something right to to make sure that people move in or mm -hmm. open businesses here but at the end, from the government side, you need to ask for compliance, for investments in Puerto Rico, uh, for bringing funds to Puerto Rico, the creation of employment, and all this stuff. So I think that the global minimum tax makes sense uh, for certain areas and certain type of level of companies. But at the end, I think that you, you cannot limit uh, countries to promote their location. For example, Puerto Rico is completely full around, uh, it's an island. So the tourism is very important in Puerto Rico. So Puerto Rico promotes the development of hotels, uh, short-term rentals, uh, provides actually tax credits for the investments and the construction of on hotels in Puerto Rico. So, and also provides a 4% tax or 90% exemptions on property taxes, etc. So they need to persist, right? Uh, if you want to keep moving the economy, creating employees, employment, and all this stuff. So uh it's a matter of making a balance right uh mm. making sure that you from a government perspective is you are fiscal responsible mm. with you with all the stuff you have uh, uh an issue with making sure that you don't have significant tax rates for small mm. and medium uh families and persons in, in puerto rico uh but does not bring uh all the tax benefits to big companies right uh, because certainly there is a disparation uh, and changes in, in the persons and actually political pressures uh, to change that. So, mm, yeah. So just to kind of summarize what what my takeaway is from that, the the two areas to look at. There's the one area in terms of having Puerto Rico as your center of life. Look, there will probably be adjustments around that either loosening it up a little bit or maybe tightening it 
as, as things evolve. On the other side, the tax rate may move in the various spaces, but it will always be at a discount to the mainland to create an incentive for businesses and individuals to make Puerto Rico their economic home and to bring mm-hmm. economic activity. So it you you it may not be four percent forever, but it'll yep. be less than whatever the US mainland is asking for. Okay. Yep. I gotcha. Gotcha. Giancarlo, thank you very much. You've been super helpful in shedding a light in a, an often misunderstood area of international tax that is u.s persons and businesses moving to puerto rico uh do you have any final words if someone wants to find out more about this and to engage you and your firm what's the best way to reach you yeah well basically uh, first thank you for the invitation uh it's really a pleasure i really enjoyed our conversations back in harvard uh, a few months ago uh, and hopefully we can join together another way uh, um, basically, our, our firm is located in, in the capital of Puerto Rico, in San Juan. Uh, my firm, the name of my firm is Thrive, without the E at the end, Thrive LLC. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find us uh, either on Facebook, LinkedIn, my, my name, Richard Ali on LinkedIn, uh, or my, our website, right, thrive.cpa. Uh, and we do taxes, right? Uh, I, I love all this stuff and making sure that the compliance is very, very, very good. So, and I really enjoy talking with people, persons like you, that uh, really interesting this conversation. And I'm following you, uh, all the chores <laughs> you do, so I'm keeping informed of what you do. Thank you very much. So just repeat, thrive without the E, dot CPA. Yes, okay. that's right. Fantastic. Have a great day ahead and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.